2: Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented, as always, by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by beat writer, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And uh, Jim, got a game tonight. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, sort of looking forward to the Suns, looking forward to uh, facing you know, the Bucs, the Jazz, again, the Suns. Mm-hmm. Game tonight. Can't overlook it. I think the players have been uh, harping on it, and I think we are going to, as well, uh, face the Detroit Pistons. They're under man. They're coming off a back-to-back. Don't overlook them. They're still dangerous.
0: They are. And you know what, Joe? You just made me think of the fact that I, I think a lot of people, fans, whoever would agree with this. I, I think a lot of people after Sunday are just looking forward to being back in the Sweetie King Center mm-hmm. and playing a basketball game, no matter who it was against. I think there's a lot of people, you know, we get into the rhythm of playing every other day where right. the NBA has eliminated a lot of the back-to-backs or decreased them at least. And I, I got the feeling I was, on Tuesday, it was kind of like, all right, let's get back into the arena and play. Regardless of who the opponent was, um, not to say that that's irrelevant, but to me, I I think people are are going to be just ready to see this team again and see how they follow up the way that they played on Sunday against Denver. And just also adding to the the run they've had over the last few weeks where they've just played so well and won none of their last 11 games. so let's get let's get back in and play some basketball I yeah. guess that's what I'm trying to say yes yes
2: in, a, in an analytical way that is it there is a momentum wave and we're riding it and I think it's fun to uh to be on top of um uh, later on in the show we're gonna have our own Gus Cattengelll uh who uh is coming back off injury uh the pelicans are gonna be a, a bit short-handed we however are not because Gus is back he's, he's
0: coming off a, a big win against what a nine-year-old and then uh yeah you know, yeah nine-year-old uh Lost against a six-year-old, but yeah, yeah, he you know, you win some, you lose he some. He was talking about, uh, you know, back in the day, in his driveway, I think he was dominating his neighbor. So good for him. Yeah, but yeah. You know what? Speaking of, uh, speaking of shorthanded, one of the things that has been behind, kind of a driving force behind how the Pelicans have done so well and how they're in second place in the Western Conference is the way that they've played without key guys on the court.
2: Yeah, and, and you've
0: kind of had to. I mean, it's it's been rare right? that no they've choice? all been healthy at the same time. And, you know, people that have followed this team over the years have known that there's been many instances in the past where we've had to sit here and say, well, you know, they're underachieving this year. Their record is disappointing. We're hoping they get it together. But the problem has been that all these key guys have been out with injury and they just can't overcome that. Well, yeah. guess what? This season, they've been able to overcome it in a big way. And w- one example I would give to you is Pelicans were 7-20 and last season in the games that Brandon Ingram didn't play. This season, they're 6-2. and so I mean um, talk about a total flip yeah. of, of games. Um for Zion Williamson, this year they're three and two when he doesn't play. Two seasons ago when he played 60 plus games out of that 72 game season, they were two and nine. So I mean again, talk about a drastic difference of that your key guys. I mean, both of those guys made the all have made the all-star game this decade. Brandon Ingram in 2020, Zion in 2021. And you have a winning record with without both of those guys compared to recent seasons where it was just a disaster when yeah. those guys weren't able to play.
2: And Jim, what would you attribute that to? I mean, do you think it's just that the team had to learn how to play together without some of those guys because of injury? And now when they pop in and out of the lineup, they're kind of just ready to play Pelicans basketball, and know their roles? Or do you think that's sort of just total team stuff when Brandon Ingram and Zion are back?
0: I think it's a small factor to say that you're used to playing without some of these guys and you have the ability to adjust. I think more... To the point, and more. Uh, the reason behind it is just the the talent of this team has increased to the level where you can have if say you have eight or nine guys that you consider okay, these are our nine best players. If you take two or three of them out of the equation, your six guys that you still have available are just better than what we saw five going back. Yeah, to the talent drop ago. off
2: isn't as precipitous right. as
0: it used to be. And after those guys, the the next wave of players that you have that would have not been playing at all. Because they were 11th, 12th, 13th man, and now move up to you know seven, eight, nine. Those guys are really good as well. So I mean, just across the board, I think the it's just the talent and the the depth. Word once again, that's take a shot. That's the reason why we're seeing a team that can win even in situations that aren't ideal compared to what we have gotten used to here, where it was like. They're just not able to achieve what we want them to when they yeah. don't have key guys on the court. Look, I
2: I feel spoiled, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, it feels pretty nice to feel spoiled. I uh, I like it, and I'm gonna hope it continues. Uh, actually, so let's get Gus Catengel in here and uh, talk about tonight's game. Again, we are facing the Pistons before we get to this uh, this tough stretch that we've all been looking forward to. So we're gonna talk about tonight's game, talk about Gus's horribly mangled face. And also his nose injury. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, overcoming adversity, injury, uh, a lot of intrigue before he came in. And, and Jim, I uh, gotta say, I was I was relieved to find out that he still looks human, Mister Gus Catengel, our studio host for the Pelicans, endured. A horrific injury uh, during our last game and uh, he was led in here with a with a towel over his head by security like Michael Jackson. I uh, didn't know what we were going to be looking at but uh, he's here now and uh, you know he looks handsome as ever. You know, you know what? Some athletes recover. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, there's a mental aspect to this too. Of course. Right? Because at any minute I don't know if a simple hug with a simple kiss to my son yeah. will keep me from performing my duties. With yeah, I mean you're At any moment that could happen. Yeah, it could be a good morning, daddy. Good night, daddy. Can I have some more cereal, daddy? At any moment, that it could it in my career. I mean, you yeah, know, because I mean, you look, could say no and he'll pop you in the face. I could have bled. You, you know? could have bled out. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, thankfully. Thankfully, we um, we have an expert medical staff. Yeah, quick thinking from the medical staff who tossed you a few dirty Kleenexes. <laughs> but at least they were there.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's all. It's all that matters. Yeah, Gus. Uh, I spent the last three days really pacing, wondering, you know, if you're okay. I I didn't know exactly the particulars of how this incident happened. All I know is I walked into the studio post game Sunday, and you were bleeding from the head, and yeah. I was like. Was, that, what, was there an assault? I mean, did someone get into the Smoothie King Center who had a beef with Gus? Thought so I mean, we had, like, we a disagreement about something on I mean, air? I was worried about Joe. I mean, I'm always worried about Joe. Yeah. Um, But I was like, did he have to file a police report? So, I mean, what exactly how did this happen? How did we get to the point where you're after the game and, and well, you're what, bleeding? They attacked, really. Well, I was, I
3: was parched from, you know, speaking so much about that incredible win against the Nuggets. Bravely. And so during the second segment break, I just finished talking with Todd I'm like, I need some water. I get up. My son was at his first game, he was sitting on the couch. And uh I went to just, you know, Daddy loves you, little kiss on the top of the head, and he picked yeah. it up and went right on the bottom of the nose and um head I felt basically. a little, you know, I was like, well, okay, you're kind of stuck a bit, and I kind of looked at him. and then he looked at me and goes, Daddy, you're bleeding. I'm like, oh, and I kind of wiped my nose and
2: next thing you know it's all. Like, in so. fairness, I, I also... I yeah. get startled. When, when Gus kiss, kisses yeah. the top of my head, right. I also headbutt him. Well, you face. do a good job.
3: You know, and I'm just so used to That's how I acknowledge you do a good job. Yeah, it's a well,
2: dad I mean, thing. It is. You it know, like, it, it becomes, becomes a habit. very fatherly.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of do that. But, um, so yeah, in... in how old, is your, how old is your son? He's, he turned six yes, uh, yesterday, too. Okay. Head yeah. Well, yeah. of bricks. Time. Yes, happy yeah. birthday. No, the young he completely does not... You got a his look, gift. You're blowing your dad's nose. That's a
2: pretty good gift. I yeah, would say this,
3: right? He made, He <laughs> looks like from the chin up like me. You know, he's got a little brownish in and stuff like that nature. But he's not me. He is absolutely 90% my wife. <laughs> Just okay. because he likes to head you in the face? No, well, no. yes, that too. Um, no, the DNA, the, the. I mean, they're like, they're heavy. you know, And I don't mean that in a bad way you know? That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is like, you're, the, the the bone thing. Do some editing in this podcast. No, 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 no save, I, I, save I like an otter on the pool for a reason. They sink. They're just they're heavy. Like you, you <laughs> sit on your lap, and I'm like, dude, you're. Here has the fifty, the heaviest 50-something pound kid I've you have ever a density to, of like
2: a dying yes, star. Yes, Bone like density. That. It's a
3: lot. I'm basically hollow inside. I, I, <laughs> I can tell from the way you came in good.
2: after uh getting your nose. Yeah. So, look, here's the thing is Gus is going to talk about, you know, about how he bravely endured sure. uh, the. I the was back to nose. segment later. I mean, essentially you it's like going, you know, you get injured
3: on the court gym, right? You mm-hmm. have to come out to stop stitched the bleeding, yeah. right? Go into the locker room, get stitched up, and then,
2: you know, but, persevere. Yes, but, come right through. on out that said, the first thing Gus said when uh, he came in the in the room bleeding, his wife said, "Oh, what's wrong?" And he goes, "My son busted my nose. It's broken. It's broken."
3: I sounded
2: like Andrew Luck. It's broken. Really? <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, know, Andrew Luck. Again, you you yeah. you were bravely uh, well, in in the saddle him. on the next. Well, segment. and told Jim was
3: coming in, so I had to put on a brave face there. And yeah,
2: you don't want to look like soft
3: in front of Jim against
2: the Nuggets. So you know, a few people might be listening. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> just. I, I think the people walking past the window enjoyed the show of <laughs> seeing a man with Kleenexes up his nose, just, just with his head back in between the segments. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that uh, pumped the people up. We got to talk about it. Pelicans have a chance now. To win uh, five in a row, if they beat the Stones, the Pistons, uh, who are coming off their own back-to-back, uh, they beat the Heat yesterday. Let's hope they got that out of their system since they haven't been winning many. Uh, you know, it's 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 a chance to win one, and uh, you can't overlook them. Though Jim and I talk about this often, not that I don't with you. But, I mean, you hear it
3: during the broadcast. Yeah, I but, and I also do it on our talk show. And. Today's NBA, it is what you have to play well every game. And I go back, Jim, to what Herb Jones said after the Memphis game. If you remember on a practice, I think it was Saturday or Sunday when I had the practice. He talked about level of um intensity how to increase and, and, and things of that nature. And and I was like, wow, it's November, you know, and you're hearing him say that. And but it makes sense because if you do have the focus, Joe, and you stay with it and you do come out and play well, mm-hmm. it'll allow you to take care of your business. You're gonna play some teams that I just think, walking on the court, you're, you're, you're a little better chance of winning. I mean, yeah. that's just reality. It's not being ugly, that's what it sure. is. Yeah. So, but you have to show up because the three ball is a big difference. Jim, when I filled in for Todd, this preseason, the game I did was Detroit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in the game notes was that they were, what, 29th, I think, in three-point shooting last year. Yeah. They're not good. So they went out and got Bogdanovich. They went out and got a lot of different players to increase that. And look, when you don't have the overall talent or depth like the Pels, you're going to have to put up a five or a team that's going to give you a chance to compete. And the only way you can do that right now in today's NBA is just launch threes. Launch them and launch them and launch them and hope they they fall. 19 three-pointers in Miami. Bogdanovich had seven. There's your 20-point win. I mean, it, you know, they make... 8 to 10, they lose that game. So, but if you don't show up to play, play your defense, make your shots, and, and, and give the respect that you need to at least to the three-point line on any team, you're going to get blown out. You see it night in and night out teams that are last in the West, last in the East,
0: beating teams that are, just, they're better, but they can fall. <coughs> yeah, I think to me, if, if you want to understand why this is a dangerous opponent, it, you know, Obviously, they're 7-19. and 19. If you want to look at that, you're not going to get very far in terms of, you know, why you need to bring intensity and be focused tonight. And of those wins, they beat Denver, Utah in a back-to-back that surprised people. And then they beat Miami by 20 last night. And that was surprising, but it, it really shouldn't be, shouldn't have been that shocking when you look at the way the Pistons have played, like I said, on the road lately. They also beat the Mavericks in overtime last Thursday in Detroit. So their recent stretch, they've been playing a lot better. And so, and like you said, Gus, I mean, when you have a three point shooter like Bogdanovich, we're very familiar with him from his time with Utah, where he came in here and had a bunch of big games where he scored thirty plus. I think he yeah, had I got
2: sick of hearing his name.
0: Yeah, he had a game, I think, of kind of a famous game where he had like thirty-four points, zero point or zero rebounds and zero R- assists <laughs> that everybody kind of gave him crap about. But um but he, I mean he's been repeatedly very good in Smoothie King Center for whatever reason. Pelicans have had had a bunch of really close, dramatic, memorable games against the Jazz. And he was a big reason for that. So um, Detroit is a is a team that you have to worry about. I mean, they have other players. Sadiq Bey is yep. a good three point shooter as well. So Jay Nivey is a rookie. He's near the top of the league among rookie guys in a lot of different stats. So um, also to me, easy to easy to if you're the players or especially fans to be like we got these big games coming up against Phoenix and kind of look past this game. So I think the players have consistently said that you gotta, you gotta be focused. And I think it is helpful that they've had multiple days to get ready for this game and to whatever excitement that we had from Sunday and the Jose festival that we had over the last few days and the parade that we had for him. I think all that Mm -hmm. stuff has kind of gone away now that we're, Far enough removed from that game, and they can focus on tonight.
3: Yeah, I think maybe that win in Miami probably helps them. Right before you get to shoot around, coach, because
2: you guys mm-hmm. see it right here. Because if not, you're gonna lose. Yeah, and, and that's why we wanted. To, that's why I, at least I wanted to talk specifically about this Pistons game and not look forward to the Suns yeah, sure. uh, series because I, I think it's very hard to do. It's it's so hard to do. To do. I think yes. in New Orleans, we're, we're looking at this upcoming schedule, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough times. You're facing the Jazz, you're facing the the Suns, you're facing the Bucks. So you're, you're, this team is really gonna be tested. But before you do that, you have to face this Pistons team. And I don't think you wanna start that stretch of games with a bad taste in your mouth after dropping one to, let's be honest, like you said, you're trying to be nice, but an inferior team. The Pelicans are a better team, just constructed uh, better. And and look, Kay Cunningham is is gonna be out uh, for them. But, but like you were saying, Jim, I mean, they've got a lot of other pieces that are still dangerous uh, pieces here. Uh, Gus, I mean, who are you sort of looking out for in that game? Uh, since they, you know, again, we're we're going to be a little shorthanded. They're mm-hmm. going to be a, a little less shorthanded, but still a bit shorthanded. Who are you kind of looking forward to uh, in that game to to kind of look out for so they don't sneak up on us? This may sound like coach speak, but at the same time, Jim, I think
3: you'll understand where I'm coming from with this too. I think it's a good game plan. Do you, I I I want to see like what am I looking for actually? your like do you like worry yeah. about yourself like yeah. this is kind of one of those games where if you keep doing what you've been doing mm-hmm. then you're going to be fine and what i mean by that is what we've seen in the stretch of what five six games or what zion's doing right now is good this is a game especially if kate cunningham may be out and you're maybe shorthanded with some players you know what what it, it what, what seems to be tried and true and hasn't failed as of late when all else fails like todd says Break the glass in case of emergency, mm-hmm. put in number one. Um, do it. This is one of those games where, hey, if you're missing some guys in the backcourt, BI, her, whatever it is is gonna be, you have one. They don't have anybody down there that's gonna stop it. Right. Yeah, no one has no. Any got
2: anybody like no, that. No
3: at all. And and I think the beauty of a gym that we've seen as as well, and CJ McCollum talked about it after practice yesterday, that you're seeing him as he called them what the greats do, and that's getting comfortable in all the aspects of the game. So you may be missing some guards, Joe. Well, he can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe he might not have the rebound and defensive play. His defense has actually been really good as of late. Well, who's going to have the scoring? He can. He can go to the free throw line. He can. So I actually think this is a game where, yeah, who am I worried about with Detroit? Nobody. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. What I mean by that is my game plan is simple. Zion eats today. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what we're doing, and let let them try to counter it, and then those other guys that are on the court knock down shots, and now you put them in a more reserve role, right. not as much pressure. If that makes any sense? but yep. well, this is one I just you know tap them on the backside and be like, hey, we're tonight's your night. This is your game. You're in the game plan. We're feeding you down low. You're bringing the ball up the court. You know, get CJ going. Things of that nature. Because what we've seen the last couple of games. I mean, pick a segment in the box score and let's talk about it with Zion. And he's doing something. So it's crazy to think of how his game improving and taking that next step and going to that next level helps you
0: when you're missing players. Gus, you mentioned how you know one of the things that you want to see is just keep doing what you've been doing lately. Whether that's Zion or the team overall. I mean, Pelicans are nine and two in their last eleven games. They're seven and one in their last eight games at home as Mm -hmm. well. So I feel like we're seeing the home court advantage that they've been trying to establish the last, even the last couple of years is really starting to be something that is real and and we and and obviously a part of that is just how loud the crowd has been yeah. you know how many people are in the stands um and that kind of thing. I was wondering just from your perspective as a guy who's hosted you know radio shows locally for a while and as Collins and stuff like that how how would you gauge just kind of the level of of interest and passion right now for the Pelicans in New Orleans in in, in your roles. Ready for this, Joe? I'm ready. Unprecedented. Oh, it's it's a word. Big, it's big word. Woo. Word woo. Four. What's that? Four syllables. It's unprecedented. Un- un- oh, I thought it was Okay.
3: So, <laughs> look. Obviously, when when one of your favorite teams in the city, right. Isn't doing well. It's not going to be talked about nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with the same season the way it's going, there's more people maybe paying attention to to the Pals. To an extent, I would say there is legit fan fandom, do Out of if we start making up words. Right? Yeah, I just I like fandom. Fandom yeah, um, yeah. Look, I for me to use on Tuesday to kind of. Calm the folks down that were calling the show. We had about 39 callers in about about, Mm -hmm. half talking about Monday night's football game. And I and I came back from breaking like, guys, because everybody breathe. The Pelicans are half game out of first place. Mm -hmm. Like, think just think about that. To be able to say that I know it's easy. And I get that, but Jim, we were just talking about the importance of getting everyone. You have to take care of business when you can. All those wins matter. Being able to see the Suns here three times the next couple of games. If you can split, imagine Friday, Sunday, you know, you, you, you split, maybe the other next three, you go two and one. I mean, you can start thinking where that puts you. Um, but it isn't just me. I'm finding the expectation level from callers is changing as well. They, they're no longer getting the pay, in the playoffs or the sixth seed. They're getting greedy. They're going full Ty Graffanini here. They're like, wait.
2: Why can't they win the first seed? You know? That means, <laughs> like just that means, means you have a good team, though. Look, I remember from being your your uh producer for for years on the sports hangover and being part of that show. We tried to push basketball a lot and no one cared. Yeah. We would try to talk about uh the Hornets, the Pelicans, et cetera. No calls. And
3: now I bet that's a lot different. It's not show. even close. It's not even close. And I remember the, the first time it really started to dawn on me, too. Um, I, I would actually say it was a year even before. I know exactly when it was when Julius Randall signed. Mm. Remember when, when he signed? Yeah. In? I think the Saints were just starting camp or OT. It was something that was going on around the time that it happened. I think camp was starting, and I'm trying to talk about that day's practice, and it was caller after caller talking about Randall and the impact he's going to have on this team. Like, wow, really? Because you know we've been around here forever. Yeah. In March, people can have hey, which Saints player is going to have the most interceptions? Mind you, don't even know what the team's going to be, and that's a three-hour talk show. <laughs> oh yeah, to be one hundred percent. So I, I think the things Joe along your lines too. That's also changed. It's not just the what, what Jim was asking. Is there more interest? One hundred percent. It's not even close. Like I can cancel all my guests today, and from twelve to three, just talk basketball. And I promise you, people are gonna call it a new like I that, that's a fact.
2: There's yeah, no bad. doubt
3: about it. Yeah. Um, but the other aspect is I think the level of knowledge has increased in the city with its fan base. And I think mm-hmm. it does start with you know, shows like us, the great job of you know, Ali Cosell, Schmidt Dua, Christian Clark, yeah. Andrew Lopez, Will Dillery. Yeah. I'm I'm probably missing people, but my point is. The job that they've done, Jake Madison, right, in in their podcast, in their blogs, in their websites, Jim, with what you do, your five things to how to stop nose breaks. I mean, all those different (laughs) things. (laughs) Which you should read more on. I I, I probably should. How to avoid (laughs) breaking your nose. Don't on on your son. Um, All of that has helped, right? Like, let's be honest. Joe. Two, three years ago, no one was talking about offensive and defensive efficiency. No. No one. Analytics, know? things of that nature. Like, I'm sitting here this week, and we're talking about the fact, again, another thing to your answer your question, uh, what do you do tonight? Number one in defensive efficiency or something of that nature this week? I think the Pell's well, hit.
0: Since November 12th. Okay. Number
3: one yeah. Elite. So yep. what do you do tonight? Go play defense. Mm-hmm. Go play defense and feed Zion. That's my, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I could be I, the coach. I think that's a solid <laughs> but, game. But right. that's my point. So fans now know those statistics. Fans know what a plus-minus rating are. You know, I got people calling the show, talking about rotations, spacing, to the point where we kind of joke so much. Where I'm like, or they could just make shots. Like literally, the first two weeks of the season, yeah. I had more people calling the show going, "Well, you know, the rotations and the spacings really." I'm like, relax. But I mean, it's just crazy. Is to right the point. Pop of it? <laughs> right? yeah. That that was never the case. I never had Uncle Earl giving me a call. I what about the rotations and the way they're using substitution packages and stuff? I'm like, I have no idea where what what?
2: what? I'd like, like to go be playing. Well, how, how many yeah. seasons would, would fans have started a chance specifically for an undrafted player? How many seasons would they have even known what an undrafted player's name was, even well, if he was impactful? And to your level, Jim, you're you're on
3: you know, outside on the court to keep me and Joe in the box for the game. But yeah, yeah, yeah we're in the hole. You feel the energy. For those players. Mm -hmm. And what's nuts, and I said this in the offseason, when I went on other stations and shows, all Zion's time, I'm like, hear me out. And I'm not being disrespectful. This year's changing, right? But last year, this city fell in love with this team, not because of Zion, Mm -hmm. Which really gave you uh, an incredible feeling of, well, just wait till he gets back. I mean, look, I, Mm -hmm. I had people calling Michelle again, to your point. On uh, the trade deadline last year, Jackson Hayes went through a stretch where you know he was playing well mm-hmm. after not playing much the beginning of the season. Trade deadline's approaching. I had a guy flat trade zion, keep Jackson Hayes. I'm like, all right, hold on. Let's 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 breathe. Let's How did breathe you get this a second? phone in the middle no. institution. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm getting at. Like people were following that and didn't understand that. And when it comes time to do we get a new contract, and I'm like, look, just Just breathe, understand what he can bring and what he can do. But that's my point that I'm getting at. Sure. Is that people were buying season tickets, were planning on coming to games, couldn't wait to watch the games, were we're printing shirts, Bleat Jay Crowder. (laughs) And it had nothing to do with the guy that we're seeing right now before very eyes developing into the reason why you draft him number one overall. And that is, I think, the best way to describe where this fan base is right now it's it's as crazy as it sounds zion jam is almost an added bonus mm-hmm. to to the fans right now. They're like oh well, we got that
0: guy too yeah i mean gus to your point as far as being in the arena sunday if you didn't know anything about the pelicans nothing about basketball nothing about jose alvarado i actually think one of the most impressive parts about the crowd's reaction to him What would have been when he checked into the game before he had done anything, before he had made 38 points and eight Mm three-pointers, the fact that he gets that loud of an ovation before he's done a single thing in the game um, just shows you just how much they embraced him. And then obviously he comes out and has an amazing like Jeremy Lin type performance where he's just going crazy in the crowd was, I mean, um, among the loudest in like- I feel like he rode the wave of the crowd. They were just riding each other's way. man. It was so fun times, to watch. Too.
3: We've seen this as well this season. I can't think of the game. I've got too much wine in I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't <laughs> remember much, but I but do remember. The game. Game. There was one time, exactly. Literally, <laughs> is the reason why. Um, they did it to Dyson Daniels this year. After he had played really well in the defensive end, and had some 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 plays made where they take him out, you know, three to play or something in the fourth. This is before Willie started using it in the closeout games. But the crowd gave him a standing ovation. I'm texting Todd. I'm like, dude, they're giving Dyson Daniels a standing ovation. That's a knowledgeable fan base. That's a crowd that understands the game. This crowd gets up, sure, for the three, sure, for the alley-oop dunk. But this crowd will get on its feet and recognize you if you play defense, if you get a steal, if you get a shot, down the They get just mm-hmm. as excited about yeah. Herb Jones defending a three-pointer and blocking that shot mm-hmm. than they do with a half-court lob to Zion. And I think that, to me, is what we've seen in the Dome for so many years, especially mm-hmm. under Sean Payton, right, where they couldn't wait for the defense to make a play. They just liked Ingram or Kamara on third and four running for six yards and doing mistakes. Like the yeah. little things that aren't flashy or
2: big time highlights, this crowd now in the Smoothie King Center gets up. And I think it's a very organic thing. The reason the Saints have that sort of connection with the crowd, because a lot of old timers came up with the Saints. It was the only team in the city. It was yeah. the only game in town. And now you've got a lot of Pelicans fans who sort of came up with the Pelicans. You Absolutely. know, from changing the name, watching the bad years, being fulfilled when they're good that means more than just like having a good team and you're always an ingrate about it and it's a lot of fun to see gus uh you will be with me in the bowels of the smoothie king center tonight yep. as we face the stones the pistons uh so we are uh, looking forward to a fun game let's not overlook this one and then on to the suns and the books and, it'll be interesting uh, to see years. What's it been here, right?
3: 2022, 2023 to what? 12, 13 since they moved from Charlotte.
0: What was the first season here? 11, 12 or 12, 13? No, you're off by a decade. By a decade. 2002 yeah. was, the fir- was the first season here. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's been 10 years, right? 20 so years. It's, it's been 20 year? years. 20 years? 20 yeah. years since moving to here. They, they know, have a lot of It's water. been 10 years since they became the Pelicans, though. Mm-hmm. The name change happened in 2013, wow. so we're talking... This is the tenth season as the Pelicans. Yeah. Well that's that's the
3: point that I was trying to make though. You said 20 years. Like you yeah. had people that have been born and have graduated college just yeah. about, And yeah. all they know is NBA basketball in the city.
2: Yeah. So I
3: little yeah. Mark. Yeah, I was tell the infamous story. Little Mark. Um I may or may not have liked playing, you know, twenty-one against him, you know, when he <laughs> was nine. Right. You know, just to make me feel like I could win. Like <laughs> I remember, because we had just moved into our house in 2005, where we are now, and he was across the street, and he loved playing basketball, it was so crazy to see him be like, hey, I'm a, you know, basketball fan uh, of the team, and, you know, when you think about it like that, like, my son, who's six, doesn't know anything other than there's always been an NBA team, like, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah.
2: crazy, so it is, but yeah, 20 years, when you mm-hmm. you think of that, man, that's... That's, that's a lot of time. Yeah, Zion was born in the year 2000. I already had uh, a lot of regrets and scars under my belt <laughs> by the year 2000. So, yeah, there's a lot of kids coming up at the Pelicans. That's all they know. Yeah. And, they and, know. and we just got to gotta keep them bought in, and uh, that's why we got to keep winning. Gus, I will see you tonight on the call, and we hope that everyone is listening on 99.5 FM WRNO. Check it out for Gus, pregame, halftime, postgame, just can't match it. He's uh he's here whether he's bleeding or not, he is here in it to win it. Big thanks to Gus Cattenal, studio host for the Pelicans Radio Network, for joining us and uh again for playing through injury. Uh looking forward to tonight's call. Jim, uh, I know you will be in the arena tonight as well. Uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to in this one. We were just talking to uh, our own Todd Graffinini about how, you know, we've got a lot of momentum in our back right now, and you don't want to lose it by just sort of uh, wetting the bed right
0: here. Yeah, I mean, this is an important game to to take care of business, get another win, add to the streak. It will be it would be five wins in a row overall and five wins in a row at home if you can take out the Pistons. So that that would be – that's important. That's the priority. That's what we're thinking about. The players need to lock in and focus on just their game against Detroit. However, I have the luxury of looking around the Western Conference yeah. on, on Western Conference Wednesday. And, you know, you mentioned Gus and the Pelicans radio network. There's a possibility by midnight tonight that the Pelicans radio network will be covering the number one team in the Western Conference. Woo! And that would be the case if the Pelicans win. They have to win, obviously, against Detroit. They're a half game behind Phoenix. The Suns are hosting Boston tonight at nine o'clock. Oh, on ESPN. they're pretty good at basketball. Yes, you would. You could say that they have the best record in the league, the Celtics. Um, so, I mean, that's a that's a game that I think people will be paying attention to after the Pelicans game ends. That the New Orleans has a chance to be to move ahead of the Suns in the Western Conference. I don't think we would be that preoccupied with that normally at this stage of the season. However, obviously, you play Phoenix Friday, Sunday, right. so. I'm curious to see, you know, can they either way, they're going to be a half game ahead of them, a half game behind them if they if the Pelicans win. So that's definitely a game to watch. I heard Chris Paul, I believe, is returning tonight to play that game. So that's adds another wrinkle. And the second game, final game that I'm looking at in the West tonight is Golden State at Utah. Golden State started off terribly, mm-hmm. has played much better lately. Utah started off hot. Uh, started off hot, went in the other direction. Drop so that's, that'll be interesting to see the outcome of that game. Um, Golden State also just lost to the Pacers, which was surprising. Um, a lot of teams that I think we're not really sure what direction they're going in. I mean, you, you, know, you start to think a team like Utah, okay, it's all going to fall apart because they've been losing a lot lately, but then they pick up a, a couple impressive wins and same with Golden State, you're like, okay, they've turned the corner. They're just about to turn it on. They're about to win 12 in a row, and then they lose a game against the Pacers, like I mentioned, where Indiana didn't have a bunch of their key guys out. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was out. And Miles Turner was out. So, just uh, I think that'll be an this is be an interesting game. That's at eight o'clock. Just to see how it goes and to see, you know, if if the direction that those two teams heading have been heading in in general will, will maintain.
2: Well, it's, it's also, you want to be playing your best basketball towards the end of the season, of course, but I think this is the point of the season where you start to see what the true identity of teams are, you know, what they're really, mm-hmm. at this point, you've stopped figuring things out and you sort of are what you are. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, where the, these races sort of shake up as it goes on. So yeah, it's, it's fun to watch where we stand in the West and we should. Uh, it's rare we've gotten to enjoy this. So uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. We are the Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Again, big thanks to Gus Kattengill for joining us. That is Jim Eichenhofer. Give him a follow on Twitter. Jim underscore Eichenhofer on there. I am at jcar504. Oh, I'm over 150 followers. So, uh, yep, I'm going to buy a yacht because that's how Twitter works, right? I don't know. Uh, Thanks for joining the podcast. We will talk to you again on Friday. And until then, go Pills! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.